Do do do. Do do do. Do do do. No, stop it. <laughs> Why would do, anybody do, do, do that? Oh god. Do do do. I'm embarrassed What's for you. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for me as well. I, I live in a permanent state of uh, embarrassment in my little embarrassed land. There we go. Uh, what was that? Was that Star Wars? Is it Star Wars? Was what? that the Star Wars theme? Oh my god. I didn't recognize anything recognizable. Was it supposed to be the Star Wars it theme? Was supposed to, well, it wasn't at the beginning, but I turned it into it at the ah, end. Ah, okay. Doesn't it go do do do? It just sounds like the bell in theater that tells you to go and sit down. Yeah. Or, or the train station that's going to tell you the train station. Oh, yeah, yeah, before they make the announcements. Yeah. That you don't understand because yeah. it all echoes around and yeah. people are like, is that arrivals or departures? Um, yeah. yeah. I have a theory that, that when they. those people come for job interviews, they choose the ones that you can't understand. Why would you choose someone that you can't understand? I don't know, to take the piss out of people. Um, is, wouldn't that destroy your company if you choose people that you don't understand? <laughs> oh, not in Slovakia. Oh no, because they're all interested. <coughs> <coughs> right? They are all interested in control. No, in Slovakia, because first of all, it always used to be the state business. You the can't destroy a company yeah. if it's the state business. It which doesn't work. And once it became the private business, it got even worse. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they now don't have enough train drivers to drive the trains. Apparently, they what? have 135 directors, but they what? don't have enough train drivers. It's because they have too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, that's... I was laughing at it. There was, there was this article or something, or somebody wrote it on Facebook. I can't remember which it was, but somebody wrote on Facebook about an article. Um, anyway, it said that Slovak men are not motivated enough to do train drivers, not even with the great pay they can reach up to 1,100 euros per month. And I was thinking, right. Who wants to sit <laughs> at the front of a pay. train all day? I, 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 uh, I don't see that as a... It must be a pretty lonely job, actually, because you, you do it alone, right? It's an interesting job. I don't see any, any, any difference between driving a train and driving a truck, right? But the fact that they said that the pay of 1,100 euros per month is a good pay for a man is ridiculous. Either for a woman, no, for you, anybody, it's ridiculous. You, ca you, can't, you can't live with that. How can you live out of that? No. What if you have three children and you have to feed them? If three children, you get paid 1,100 euros per month and I mean, you you 
you pay the rent or the mortgage, and that's it. But you don't understand. You don't understand. Let me explain this to you very clearly. Oh, my clearly. God. Okay. I'm not sure I can. You, okay. You get to drive a train. <laughs> don't you know what? That's every boy's dream. That's true. Every boy's dream is to drive a train. It, so well, it, would, it could actually be really cool if those trains were not from the 18th century. What, steam? steam You're driving steam trains, trains from a freaking 18th century in Slovakia. Okay, that's slightly exaggerated. But they look like it. There was there was actually a train accident well, where, where, you know, people got injured and everything. Because <laughs> in a train. because no, 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 a train we... just fell apart. It just it fell just, apart. It just started burning. It was what, so you, old. You, 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 it just, it was <laughs> seriously. The train was so old. Don't laugh. People got hurt. <laughs> it just started burning. It's just ridiculous. Yes. It's not ridiculous. It's just... What was it going so fast that it caught fire? <laughs> the trains in Slovakia are so old. What They're breaking what? down. Right? All the time. And it's so ridiculous because Slovakia has spent millions on some on military planes recently. They mm -hmm. was like, oh, let's buy these great, super cool, modern six military trains for the price that planes. we would... Uh, sorry, planes for the <laughs> price that we could buy 20 new trains for, right? Well, yeah, it's like uh, let let's uh, let's invest in uh, accommodation for refugees rather than books for kids in school or heating for the heating for the school or something like that. You know, it's uh, it's it's all backwards. Any government system is all organized backwards. It's not about the benefit that that you can generate well, and create. No, it's about how much you can consume. If you accommodate refugees, at least you're helping people. But if you're just buying oversized toys for a lot of taxpayers' money to do nothing with or to hurt people with, right? <laughs> oversized toys. <laughs> That's what it is. That's funny. Oh, oh, look at these cool planes. Let's get some. Right. Well, you know what it 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 it's like for, you know, that's that's the boys' thing, right? That that's that's the boys' things. You know, planes, trains, and that's why boys shouldn't be in the government. Right. Well, yeah. But <laughs> what about um, you know, the I would say that's your boys to toys is like women to clothes, a lot of the time, right? Or women to perfumes. I mean, these 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 are these are extras. These are nice luxuries to have, but they're not absolute necessities for life. Now you're going to tell me that perfume is a necessity for life because you're making that. I face. don't have a perfume. Does that make me not a woman? No, that's the opposite of what I said. What I'm saying <laughs> is that real women don't have perfumes. I've got my own own natural. Well, that's that that that's good. That's good. But what I'm what I'm saying is that there. There are people who don't go out without their makeup on and with, without their, uh, uh, I don't even know what to call it, mm. apparel? Is that the right word? I don't I even don't know what know. that means. I um, me neither. Um, isn't, I, I, that, isn't that a brand? No. Something? Well, I think it, it's been taken brand and used as a brand, but I think what it means is the, the extras that people people carry with them that they don't really need, but... 
<laughs> I could just be making that up. Um, I could just be making that up. That's the way it goes. Is the coffee okay? The coffee's fine. Yeah? Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I was going to get some breakfast, but you didn't eat the toast last time, and I had to eat the toast. And uh, Don't. This is my breakfast. I told you that before. Coffee yeah, is know. my breakfast. I know. I know. I know. But but I, I started to you know think if there was something else that I could do. And no. No. You could let me sleep. Sorry? You could let me sleep. Sleep! <laughs> <coughs> sleep is for suckers. Sleep yeah. is for suckers. That's what it's for. Do you have a headache? Yes. Uh, it's okay. wonderful. Oh, um, maybe if you massage your temples. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not religious. No, well... Um, no. I'm not mm. sure where my temples are. Maybe if you take some, some more of those pills from that drawer, because that drawer is insanely chock-a-block, as they say. <laughs> my <laughs> gosh, you're turning into a local. Yeah, I know, I know. I pick, I'm picking up all these local phrases, and I found myself speaking in a Scottish accent yesterday. I found yourself speaking in a Scottish accent too. I know, it's... <laughs> I, I, I am... I'm frighteningly aware of the effect that the environment is having on my language abilities. Um, especially as I've been doing a lot of podcasting recently, and when I listen back to it, I hear this creeping... Um, you sound like the mad Scotsman. The <laughs> the mad the Scotsman. Mad Scotsman. What is it? The I mad Scotsman. I didn't know. Wasn't it some kind is of that a, is a, a horror movie? Is it, wasn't that some kind of something? Wasn't that the like a plane or a ship or something? The mad Scotsman. The mad Scotsman. No. Um, the it was the flying Scotsman. Oh, of course, it was the flying. Scotsman. <laughs> Remember that train, the flying Scotsman. <laughs> mad Scotsman. No. All um, right. There we go. Yeah, wasn't that the uh, that was the uh, London to Edinburgh? Yeah, I think yeah, and it would do it in like five minutes. Yeah. No. Which is an exaggeration. Obviously. But uh, it felt like five minutes. I'm quite sure. And uh, it was great because it connected together people who didn't need to be connected. <laughs> it should have been called the Mad Scotsman. The, that, that you you can't really sell tickets for something like that. Why? Um, I think unless it's I a comedy. It's the other way around. I think it's... I think it would actually have made it cool. It would have made it cool. Yeah. If they'd called the train... The Mad Scotsman, yes. People would just find that as a cool factor. Do you no, remember no, that? No, that's not cool. I mean, you've got to understand that cool is something which is innate within an idea. Yeah, things are things are within themselves ultimately cool or they're not. And it's strange because you can't you can't give cool to somebody. You can't. Even if you take someone who's not cool and you put them in the right clothes, they're still not cool. It doesn't it doesn't work. You can't dress up cool. You can't put clothes on a train. But you can call <laughs> it the mad Scotsman. And that would make it you super paint cool. it a different colour. You could give it a jacket. I wanted to say something important. Oh, do you remember about that bridge in Slovakia? 
So they built that bridge, right? And then they wanted to... <laughs> what, the one bridge. Yeah. It was one bridge. How they built the bridge. Yes. <laughs> and they wanted to give it a cool name, right? Yeah. So they did this public public thing where they asked the public for oh, names. Um, and they... The Chuck Norris Bridge. Yes, and they gave those names, and and people should were supposed to vote, and somebody <laughs> put put down the the Chuck Norris Bridge. And everybody voted for and that. And everybody voted for Chuck Norris, and and then they decided that they're not going to call the it. The government Chuck decided they couldn't call it the Chuck Norris Bridge, which which is ridiculous because that would have been epic. That would have been so cool. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, if you can have like if you can have like Roosevelt Hospital, yeah, or I like know. John you F. Kennedy. This Library. would have been the first Chuck Norris bridge in the world. It Chuck would Norris been. would probably come, he right, come and sign you made, it. You <laughs> like, the bridge he would like him. sign the bridge. You have big statues of Chuck Norris. Nobody, nobody <laughs> would invade your country. Nobody would invade your country if you had the Chuck Norris bridge. And people would come and take pictures of the bridge of Chuck Norris. That would that would have been. How could you argue? Epic. How could you possibly argue against having a bridge called the Chuck Norris Bridge? I don't know. And then they it called it something no extremely boring, like, like the South Bridge or something. No, I don't know what they actually. The called bridge it. over the river, duh. Um, yep. The or South <laughs> Walk. Or the, the bridge over the North river, Point. duh. <laughs> Sounds just about right. <laughs> the duh bridge. Yeah, do you, they 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 missed a massive. The thing is, the whole country knew that it would be a good idea. Yes. Because they voted for it, they were like, "This will be no. great," and then a couple of uh, idiots, cheeses, in the um, <laughs> with no sense of humor and no sense for marketing whatsoever. No sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They did a couple of suits in an office somewhere with. With absolutely no originality. They probably thought, I'll tell you what they thought. They thought, oh, we can't do that. That would not be Slovak enough. You'd have to call it the Karol Mai Bridge. Yeah. Or, you have uh, to choose. We have to choose a Slovak superhero or something like that. We have to call the Janosik's Bridge or the 708th SNP Bridge or, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, to random numbers and letters together. It would be like the, the P147X bridge or something. That would be great. That nobody would really understand. Or, or Stefanik. Stefanik is on everything. I was in a village once between Bratislava and Dunaskastreda, which is it's <laughs> just one of those places that you sort of don't want to end up in anyway. And you met Stefanik? Everybody was called Stefan for sure. Or Stefan. 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 As they would say. And uh, I, I had no idea what I was doing there. don't remember. I think for some reason I was with some people and they stopped there to stop there for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> and <laughs> Well explained. Thank you very much. Right. That's very scientific. I know. Um, and in the middle of the town square, there was a giant statue of Freddie Mercury. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not joking. You know like how like, in Slovakia, each town and village is so disconnected from the next one that nobody knows what's going on and nobody knows what's happening and 
and everything is so individual, right? Isn't that like, like that everywhere? It's more specific in Slovakia. I don't know about everywhere. Um, but I know that like town A has no idea what's happening in town B and it's disconnected and nobody helps each other and it's all like rivalry. So and, and anyway, um, so in the middle of the, the square... Like the two mayors in the Adventure Bay um, and the next village. Are you talking about Paw Patrol? Yeah. Because <laughs> I did like Adventure Bay. Is that in Australia or <laughs> where is that? No, it's in Paw Patrol. There are two mayors and they're always competing. I've never watched an episode of Paw Patrol. Oh I my God, you're I know missing out. I know. I know. I just always seem to be missing out. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Anyway, no, back to the point. That, um, that <laughs> there was a giant statue of Freddie Mercury in the square. And my first thought was, that's really weird. <laughs> right? Because you could have a statue of any historical character from that region. That is but really let, weird. But let's, let's create a statue of somebody who's never been here. <laughs> somebody who must have been a really big fan. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and, then, and then I started to think about it a bit more. And then I was like, that's so cool. Because that might be the only statue of Freddie Mercury, which is a strange person to make a statue of. Um, in Slovakia? In the world, actually. It might be the only one in the world. No, it can't. I'm oh, pretty no, no. sure that you've got oh. one in Madame Tussauds. Oh, that's not a statue. I mean, Madame Tussauds is, is wax gobbledygook of everybody and I don't know what that word means um, but um, it is it, it's it's it, it's not it's not the same thing because Madame Tussauds just makes wax models of everyone and everything mm -hmm. and no it didn't make one of me yet um, they're probably just waiting for you to die alright <laughs> okay then they'll they'll, okay. they'll make one Oh, they're gonna have to wait a bit longer then. Yeah, but that uh, that whole thing is weird anyway. I mean, I, it's like, why would you want to go and see wax copies of people that you don't really know anyway? It's it's kind of it's kind of a bit no different from like going to a temple in ancient Egypt and sort of worshiping the gods, you know, gods that don't exist. I think it's more of a curiosity. It's it's more of a you know, you go there and you look at those things and you think, oh, that's so lifelike, oh, it's so clever, somebody was able to make a copy of a person. Um, you appreciate the art. Yeah, yeah, because everyone that goes there is Indian <laughs> with a cold, right? I'm sorry, I didn't mean it to make it Indian with a cold. I was just trying to make it German. <laughs> <laughs> no, no particular Sei accent. good, no? That was not German. No. What was that? I don't know. Was that Japanese? Well, uh, that sounded like a combination of... I don't even know. Japanese with Italian? Uh-huh. Okay. What would that be? Jatalian. Mm-hmm. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. But um, what was the point? Oh, Madame Tussauds. Um, so, yeah. I, I, look, I appreciate the art. I mean, I, I've, um, I've watched a documentary on Madame Tussauds because I did Who was Madame Tussauds? Well, Madame Tussauds was a she was a 
female artist who made <laughs> supposedly made wax models of people. She made wax heads. I don't know where she got the wax from because it must have been expensive in her day. But uh, maybe she kept bees. I think maybe she did. She was probably I don't know. If you look back in history, she was probably not nobody. She was probably like the the daughter of some some rich. Well, it's obvious that she must have been because. Uh, Sort of industrial. Otherwise, she wouldn't have the time to make statues, right? She would have to feed her seven yeah. kids. Yeah, of course. I mean, she probably didn't have any kids. She probably just had those statues. She probably didn't have any friends. She probably just talks to the Last statues. Case. Anyway, it was th that period in history where um, pre photography, right? Pre pre um, modern, modern, modern images, and people wanted lifelike replicas of themselves mm -hmm. so they, they either got a painting done mm -hmm. and you know the quality of that was because yeah, it's hard to capture kind of the realism or they got someone to create a statue which was a really expensive slow long process and not many people had the skill or they got someone to make a wax head of, of themselves yeah because obviously they wanted to um, excuse me could I, could I have a could I have a wax head of myself made thank you well, yeah, and because uh, obviously wax was the right kind of material, because uh, it was moldable and shapeable and malleable. Um, and uh, you just say three synonyms for the same word. Yeah, I like to do that. I like to put things in. I've noticed. In triplet. You've noticed. Because like it's 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 a it's a brain exercise. I like to say redundant words. I like to use uh, redundant. Superfluous and uh, annoying, useless. <laughs> annoying. No, it's 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 a brain exercise that I that I do with with words and language. I like to come up with three different words for describing the same thing. And also, you know, when I was doing the um, doing a lot of language teaching, I was never sure which word that. Uh, that people were going to understand. And so there was a higher probability of, of people understanding me. If I used three similar words, they would probably understand one of those words. And uh, of course that that increased the possibility of me complicating their understanding by putting into a sentence more words than they would actually know. But uh, I, I just hoped it got the message across. So. Um, the um, there must be a term for that. There must be a name for that. You know where people use adjectives and triplet in order to describe things. Because uh, a lot of people who work in like radio and to do talk shows and stuff do the same kind of thing, where they they look for three ways of describing or explaining something. I've I've noticed that. I just find it annoying. Uneconomical. Time-wise. Um. <laughs> you, you, could, you could make that argument about every single thing in life. <laughs> I like my communication to be effective. Oh yeah, but, but being succinct and, and concise <laughs> and to the point <laughs> is uh, is helpful, right? It's really helpful. So um. There was this, there is, there is this statue of Freddie Mercury. Good. 
Um, rock God. God. Um, I mean, there's a statue of Freddie Mercury. Why couldn't there be a bridge of... What's his name? Chucky Boy. Yes. Chucky Boy. Um, well, that would have been super cool. Well, I would have probably visited that bridge. Well, everybody would have visited it. It would have been a massive tourist attraction. Not only that, this you way would have I've been able to build a whole set of memes around it. I've not visited... I've not visited the new bridge at all. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> Who goes to visit bridges? I, would, I wouldn't know where to look for it, right? Over a river. If it was Chuck Norris's bridge, it'd probably be the first place where I'd go. I'd have a picnic in the middle of it. Well, you'd have... You'd, you'd have everything. Like You'd have Chuck Norris film nights, and you'd have all of those, all of those memes, and you'd have people taking pictures um, ah. and it it would be iconic i mean it would be it would be more iconic than the bruce lee bridge or the steven seagal bridge or the <laughs> arnold schwarzenegger bridge or maybe it would start a, a legacy of, of bridge of this type of bridges oh when you name bridges after famous uh action figures heroes yeah Actors, whatever. Yes, actors, action actors. Okay, the you have the Bruce bridge. Willis Bridge. Oh my god, the Bruce Willis Bridge would be super cool. It would be all sweaty in a tank top. Yeah, and you, you'd have a giant sort of statue of his head at either end. Oh. And then a list of his films. Which are basically all the same, because he only plays cops. You would have people shooting at you from both sides when you <laughs> drive through. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of gunfire. <laughs> this is the Bruce Willis bridge. You have to drive really fast through it because there'll be people shooting at you. You, you could have the, an audio system playing quotes <sighs> from, from, from his films. Like you'd, uh, you'd get to the far end and it would be yippee Kaye, motherfucker. <laughs> That's not funny. Okay. Uh, no, that would be cool. would be cool. Well, y y it would start a whole trend of ridiculousness. Yeah. And society kind of needs that because government is so stuck up its own ass that um, it it kind of loses touch. Government is so stuck up its own ass that it doesn't even name the bridge correctly. Yeah, okay. No, that's a fair point. But then they they don't do anything. They like mm. they spend like a million euro building a shack for tourist for for you know, tourist information and and nobody works there. And it's like, well, we did it. We tried something. Oh, it's just ridiculous. I but mean, if you don't understand, they're only doing this project so that they can steal money. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's um, it's not a generation of of value because they you're yeah, they don't taking money they don't make things to make something good. They, they when they sign the project, they're already thinking about how they're going to overprice it and steal a lot of money. Well, they just charge the maximum for everything. It's like, how much can we charge for this? They wouldn't, they wouldn't do anything 
They wouldn't do anything if there was nothing in it. Well, do, for do you know them. what's worse about it? I'll tell you what's worse about it. Mm. When people come along and they try to do things for the right price, mm. nobody's interested because they don't believe it. <laughs> because they're so used to the, the the criminal prices, the criminal activity, the hiking everything up. They're so used to it that when somebody comes along and says, I can do this for 10% you know, of this price. They look at they start to look at them like like they're really crazy, and I've I've seen no, that. No, I don't. I've I haven't seen that happen. I think that what's even worse is that Slovak people have the touch with reality. They know how much how much things cost. Then they have a look at this information because this information is out there. Because legally, you have to be transparent. So you have the information out there about projects and how much they're costing, right? People see these prices, they know that it's wrong, they know it's completely overpriced, like by at least one zero, two zeros, right? And nothing ever happens. You know, everybody looks at it and thinks, oh my gosh, they've overpriced us so much, somebody is, you know, putting a lot into their own pocket out of this project. And that's it. That's where it ends. It well, ends with people thinking, ooh, someone's stealing the taxpayer's money. And that's it. Well, they all end up stealing from each other. And well, it, no. It, it just goes round and round They're in not circles. stealing from each other. They're stealing from the people. Um, yes. Politicians exact. are not stealing from well, the exactly, politicians. Exactly. That's, that's the point I was making the other evening in the... Uh, in the debate which other people refer to as the argument but it wasn't an argument because it, it you know I have no intention of defeating another person I just want to make a valid point that uh, when people are talking about helping other people my question is who's paying for it because somebody has to pay for it and my question is who's paying for it and Oh, well, this organization is paying for it. Oh, that's great. Well, where does that organization get their money from? And how is that an economically viable and valid situation for, for, for that to work? Because basically, unless you're, unless you're offering a specific service or producing a product, then you cannot create any relative value because you don't know how much you are worth in the marketplace and it's the marketplace of real ideas not the marketplace of uh, you know fixed prices you told you're just speaking in a very very general and abstract terms right now and I have no idea what you're talking about well that's because I didn't want to mention specifics but okay. we'll go back to the uh, the the uh, was the refugee argument, right? And we're, part of that was the um, what we discussed yesterday, which you were like, shut up, shut up, stop talking about it. Um, where I was saying that people, people judge people they don't know at all. And that's so wrong. It's so wrong to be, say, and I was talking about CEOs of companies, yeah, and saying that, that um, people look at, uh, let's take an example like uh, Jeff Bezos, right? Uh, giant CEO, and they make 
they make judgments about them, they make statements about them without actually really knowing the person at all. Well, that's obviously and wrong. I mean, yeah, you can't, you can't judge a person without knowing them. Yeah, yeah. But I thought that we were talking about professional responsibility yesterday, not about judging people. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, we That's a big part of it. But my main point was that it's it's a mistake to put all of the blame on the mistakes that a company makes on the person at the top, even though they choose to take that responsibility. It's still, you know, it's like the, the, the captain of the team has to give the interview after the game and talk about why they lost, right? But say, you know, say like, let's take example of football, right? So say the goalkeeper lets in a goal, yeah? And the captain of the team, you know, the team news, and the captain of the team has to give an interview about why the team lost. And it's it's not exactly the captain's fault, right, that the team lost. The captain takes responsibility for sure, but you can't point the finger at the captain and go, hey, it was you that lost the game, because it was the, the goalkeeper that fucked up, right? Well, so it was probably also the defense that fucked up, because otherwise the ball wouldn't even get to the goalkeeper, well, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, the, yes, the, 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 the in many football more. game, it's a bit of a collective yeah. thing. Yeah, it is, but you can still say, okay, you missed the tackle that you should have tackled, or something like that, right? So, you th there's always greater responsibility upon the person who has made the error that they shouldn't have you made. You see, I have a personal problem with this blaming thing. I just have a personal problem with that. I don't think anybody should be blamed for anything okay, well, unless let's somebody let's kills someone. <laughs> well, that's a bit extreme. But um, but well, what, what, what in I your mean. what in your opinion then is the difference between blame and judgment? I think they're both wrong and <laughs> okay, they're both okay. connected. But okay, okay. Then let me let me take it a step further, right? Because what is the difference between judgment and decision? Bec and I'll, I'll, I'll explain that, right? Because you can't do I've just anything. For, for anybody who, who will ever listen to this, I'm just making an extremely confused face of a person who woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning and doesn't understand hey. what the other person sitting next to her in the bed is talking about. Well, I was just about to explain it. And then you stopped it to say... I and then you interrupted to say I don't understand. And I was like, I'm yeah, going I to just, explain just, it. I just wanted to give I'm the. I'm going uh, to explain it. Just wanted to give the the, the, the listeners a bit of a, like a visual cue. Continue. <laughs> Trying to explain it. Please, can I explain it? Right. Okay. So th there's this problem, <coughs> along with the problem of of you know making judgments about people that you don't know at all anything about because you, all you've got is third-hand information, which might be wrong. Um, there's a lot of people who say that you shouldn't make judgments in society, that you shouldn't judge. But judgments are not just what we make about people. We make judgments about whether things are good or bad all the time. We make judgments, you know, throughout the day, like, um, you know, is this t-shirt or this shirt good for this meeting is this food good to buy in the supermarket is you know is this the fastest way to get from here to there is this the right way to i don't know translate this sentence or whatever so we make we make decisions 
all throughout our day. Mm-hmm. And decision requires that we're able to make a judgment. It requires that. It requires some knowledge of the topic and an ability to decide what is good and what is bad. Like when you, um, when you in your work, look at a translated sentence, you have to be able to go, is this translated correctly or is this just complete garbage? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're able to do that, that is the ability to make a decision about something. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you qualify it through experience. Mm-hmm. Now, my question is, is really about where, where does, if, if judgment in general, if judgment is bad, but making the right decision is good, where does judgment end and decision begin? Well, first of all, I think the general don't judge people, right? First of all, mm-hmm. it's connected with people, right? Second of all, it's about keeping an open mind, right? So, obviously, when you're coming into into a crossroad and you look around and you see, okay, there's a car coming from the right and a car coming from the left, and now this guy has his blinkers on and, and, and this one is honking, you're going to look at the situation, you're going to judge the situation to see what's the best thing to do, and then you're going to decide what's the best thing to do, right? I mean, that's the natural thought process, and that's not the judgment that we're talking about, okay? We're talking about judging what I'm talking about when I say that judgment is not necessarily a good thing is judging people without enough information about these people. And you almost never have enough information about people, let alone when you don't know them at all. Even with people that you do know, your best friends that you talk to all the time or whatever, even those people, you should not, you know, you, you, you usually don't have enough information because everybody's got stuff that they don't talk about or stuff that they don't even know about right <laughs> in their life influencing them influencing their decisions it's the it's the you know you haven't walked in my shoes kind of yeah. thing what what i mean when i say don't judge is you know don't walk around, look at people and say, oh my God, look at the person, he's, 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 he's fat and unfit and uh, ugly and he's dressed like a hobo, so he must be a terrible person. Right? That's, 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 the, that's the don't judge, you know? Or, oh my gosh, look at this, that woman, she's feeding her children sweets and she's not even watching what they're doing. So and, and, and whatever. Right, that's the don't judge because you don't know, you don't know the person, you don't know what they're going through, you don't know what's happening. It must be a mother that is severely depressed and is and is uh, you know battling mental illness and is doing the best that she could possibly do in her situation. Right, uh, she could have been a perfect mother a week ago and then I don't know somebody died. Right, so you don't have enough information. You cannot judge people without enough information that's that's what i mean when i say okay so don't judge does it make sense to you to say that we need some level of judgment of course we need some level of judgment that is that is natural okay so how does that fit into the judge not 
lest you be judged yourself. I just explained that to you, just now. D you. So qualify it. You are not in a position to decide. Or you are not in a position to judge a person's actions or decisions because you don't know what is influencing that person. So does, does, that sounds very similar to what I said earlier about people judging people that they don't know anything about. Yes. Yeah, that it's wrong to just say that this person is like this because... You know, I I read this article in a magazine that said they're like this, so therefore that must so that must be the way. Because I think if you if you don't have any personal experience, or you don't have a lot of experience, or you haven't you know okay, looked okay. at things from different first, sides. First, first of all, let me just say that you're obviously <coughs> still continuing some kind of debate that you had with somebody else two days ago, and it might be a little bit confusing to people who don't know what you were talking about because it's a little bit confusing for me. Because I have no idea what you talked about with people okay, that you relax. talked to. All you have to do is ask. You but don't have to rant about it. I'm not ranting, I'm just talking, okay? But. I can, I can as, answer as that question for you directly. I have not finished my sentence. Okay. I'm just saying I can help you out with that. All you have to do is ask what was the specific point. But. We were talking about response. I thought that yesterday we were talking about professional responsibility. And I think there is a huge difference between judging people and bef and between uh, professional responsibility and drawing consequences that that result from you know your well, here's my point that that i that I wanted to make yesterday. The point I wanted to make yesterday is that when you blame the person at the top of the company for uh, things that go wrong in the company, that could be a big mistake. I'm not saying it's it's always the wrong thing to do, but what I'm saying is it, it could be completely wrong because you don't know the facts of the situation. Maybe the person at the top did everything that they could possibly have done right given the information that they were given. And still, something, somewhere, someone did something wrong because you can't control everything that's going on and you can't know everything that everybody is doing. And so the, my point was that it bothers me when people blame the person at the top. Okay, my point of view uh, about this is, imagine the train driver, okay? Imagine you, you're the train the driver. The Slovak train driver. Yes. <laughs> imagine you're a train Dream driver. job. You're driving a train. Uh, you, I don't know, you fall asleep on the job, right? You crash the train. Okay. What do you crash into? I don't know. It doesn't matter. You're on track. You can go anywhere. Well, it doesn't matter. You do something wrong. You 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 don't you don't stop in the in the places where you're supposed to stop or whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You fell asleep while driving a train. Can't be uh. good, right? What happens is, right? You f up professionally, so you're going to get fired, right? And you're a great person, yeah. Mm -hmm. But you're going through a rough patch. Right, you're a cabbage patch. You just <laughs> you just got divorced, right? You you're uh, depressed. You might have started drinking a little bit because you're depressed because you just got divorced. Your uh, dog just died, 
right? Doesn't help things. And you're a great guy and you're always, you're always very reliable and everything. But you messed up real bad. You fell asleep on the job. So you're not it always is, reliable if you, it if is you go your, those experiences. It is your um, professional responsibility that is being punished when you get fired. It's not that anybody's judging you, right? It's not that people think, oh my gosh, she's a terrible well, person, right? That's it's the just, business point. That's the it's, business principle. It's a professional responsibility of EFTA professionally, so so we are going to, you know, you, you're going to be reprimanded. And that's that. And I think it's the same thing with CEOs, okay? You're driving a freaking train when you're a CEO, yeah? Mm-hmm. Now, can the people that are your employees F up? Of course they can. But they are your employees. You are there to control them. You are there to make sure that the company works. You are there to make sure that the train doesn't crash. Yes, you're the driver. And if you cannot do it, you either leave the position or, I don't know, or you find help or whatever. But it is your job to make sure that everything works the way it should work. Okay. Yeah, I, That's I your professional response. I'm not going to judge you if you fuck up, right? I th- I I'm not going to say that you're a terrible person or or that you've, you've, you've I don't know, whatever. You're not, you're not um, careful enough or I don't know. I'm not going to judge you because I don't know why you effed up because I don't have enough information. Okay. Ye- but it is your professional responsibility if it's your professional responsibility it could have been the person in the in the copy room that effed up right but it is your person in the copy room you yeah. are supposed that's what you're yeah, paid yeah, wait, for wait, let me you're give you, paid let me, for let me give you an example making sure that they don't f up yeah but let me give you an example where that doesn't work that doesn't always work because that doesn't work in the court of public opinion that doesn't work. Because public opinion can be manipulated and very often public opinion is wrong. And sometimes public opinion is right. But, you know, it, it, can, it can swing either way. So you have in society what is called the court of public opinion, which is what, pub, what the public think about what you're doing. Now, the public don't know what you're doing and uh, they learn about it through the influence of media and marketing. Now, the marketing is like an attempt to create positive media, but media is not always positive. In fact, if you look at stories in newspapers, most of them are not posit- about positive events. So, um, that this the role that the CEO p- plays is from the perspective of public opinion out of the control of the CEO. The CEO cannot influence public opinion beca- because that's what media does. And, oh. and so the CEO can be put in very difficult, very complex positions because of information which is unclear, unsure, or even false. There are stories that are printed about people that are patently false. 
and you know you there are there are court cases that are filed which are which you know when they go to court judges find that they're patently false judges find there's no evidence to support the claims well that's what the court is for isn't it it, it, it is but what i'm saying is that in the court of public opinion influenced by media there is no law to protect CEOs and companies. And what this means is me media, newspapers, are allowed to print articles that are that, that influence people's opinion and that may be false. They're allowed to do that. Yes. And that that's disruptive to the idea that the CEO has control over over what is going on, especially from the perspective of how the public sees sees people. Take what let, let's take well, a, let's take a random what, example. Yeah. Let's take what's happened to Elon Musk recently. So, Elon Musk came out and made a, a number of statements about uh, technology, pharmacy, education, and and other elements that upset a lot of people. The next thing that ha the very next thing that happened was there was nothing but negative press for about six months about Elon Musk. This is bad and that is bad and this doesn't work and and this was a direct result of him making these these statements, which you know in my perspective that first of all he's got a right to say what he thinks. Everyone's got a right to say what they think, uh, and let other people decide about what they think about that. Uh, which is what happened except he was punished for it and he was punished unfairly by newspapers printing false stories about him well maybe the newspapers just were just saying what they think they have the right to say what they think Ye yes but they have the responsibility to tell the truth and there's a difference between the right to say what you think and the responsibility to tell the truth which is when you were talking about the position of the CEO the CEO has this even more complex position because their their position is based on the opinions of others very often. Their, their position is based on the opinions of others. It's what other people think about them, which might... And th th that relates in no way to facts. What? How is the CEO's opinion? Well, how is the CEO's decision? Position. Decision. Position. You were saying that their decisions are often... No? Positions. You said positions. You didn't say decisions. I think I said the CEO's position. It's influenced. I'll go back and check the audio. But it's influenced by what people think. Yeah, the CEO's position is influenced by what people think, not very o very often not by the facts of the situation. How many CEOs have been removed from their company because people within the company thought it was bad publicity to have that CEO in that position? Many times that has happened. And many times it's because of false stories printed in the media designed to manipulate situations. Um, on a small political scale, I mean, within companies, the small-scale politics of companies. It's possible. People will spread rumors, you know, they'll, they, will, they will gossip, they will tell lies, they will be 
malicious and vindictive. Well, you know, that's what happens when you when you get into a position where you're publicly in the in the in the public eye, as they say, in the eye of the public. I don't yeah, know how yeah, you yeah, say the it public in eye. Yeah. In Slovak, you say that you're taking the skin to the market. That's why they say that you're taking your <laughs> like prostitution. You're taking your skin to the market. It means you're becoming the target of everybody if you get out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you become successful, basically. And yesterday. So that is the risk that they're taking inherently yeah, that's, because that's they know they know that people are going to hate on them. Yeah, as I said, you know? they take they take the flack, they take the hits, they take yes, the bullets. They know that. It's 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 what naturally comes with being successful because people can't take other people being successful and them not mm -hmm. being successful. So naturally, obviously, they're going to hate on them and make yeah. up stuff. Well, they they project know. their own insecurities. Yes, but you can always you can always uh, take the newspaper to court. Of course, that the you know that there's there's been cases where the newspaper had to. Take back whatever they printed and apologize. But that happens every single day. If you look at look at, look at the news around the world, there's there's not one day passes where a major publication, you know, whether it's uh, um, uh, whether it's the, the Guardian or the Washington Post or the or you don't need to read the publications to to discover this. But th there's not one day that passes without the New York Times or the Washington Post or the Guardian or the Independent or Le yeah Monde okay we get whatever, it we get it yes retracting re retracting st stories yes that they they've put out previously well there you go you can retract a story you probably have to pay a fine to that person and publicly apologize and yada yada it's not it's you not don't like usually have to pay a fine in my experience of those topics you just say sorry and move on and it's too late because public opinion is already affected by the first strike well, of the negative sure story. Well, I'm pretty sure that you can. I'm pretty sure that you can get you can get paid by the media for them. Would you call it? What's that word? It's not defecating. <laughs> What's that? Oh God, <laughs> Def defamation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Defecation of your name. Def defecating is what the media do <laughs> on a constant basis, but um. <coughs> I was close. <coughs> close. Yeah. yeah close. Just one letter, one sound. <laughs> I thought I was awake. <laughs> <laughs> I was close. I was close. So. Uh, What's the point? Um, the point is that. Um, <coughs> the point is that I think we agree that you you shouldn't judge people you don't know. You shouldn't blame. Yes, but also when you're becoming a top politician, you know that you're going to be scrutinized. You're going to be scrutinized, and not only professionally. I mean, you've seen it with Bill mm. Clinton, right? The and rapist. And how he's been, how he's been, uh, how he has effed up, basically. Uh, because he effed up morally, right? So when you're a politician, you're not only scrutinized professionally, you're scrutinized from every single point of view. Your family's looked on, 
your private yeah, life is the one. You're you know, mortal. You're everything. That's that's so. a bizarre contradiction because that's that's a great example to choose because you have someone there who's obviously intelligent about his decisions and the way that he interacts with people. He's obviously a great communicator. Mm. Um, but on the other side, he's obviously a, a social animal. And, uh, you know, th th it's very You're talking about Bill Clinton now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... it's, um, it, it, it's an interesting polar example of, of, of human character. This is a very interesting polar example of human character. I mean, you have someone there who has set, settled multiple assault charges um, that have come out in court. And yet, on the other side, you have somebody who is described as one of the greatest communicators in, in recent years as, as leaders. Well, it's if you know anything about <laughs> about anything, then you know that those two things are not mutually exclusive. And I would say, actually, very often come together. Um, tell me more. I'm listening. That's an interesting statement. Okay. Was that? Did I discuss it with you, or did I just read that article? on the internet, I can't remember. There was an article saying that that narcissistic people are usually more more successful. Um, Should we talk about it together? The, well, if you look at the the hunger for say wealth leading to power and control, then a narcissist can flourish in a kind of scenario where they are able to say build a business based on that hunger many times is about it's it's that hunger but also it's the it's it's the grandiosity you know it's 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 that self-confidence it's like what the Slovaks say that self-confident idiot is, is is worse than whatever <laughs> excuse me <laughs> can't remember that what? saying but you know that saying that I can't remember <laughs> sure there is a like, saying about the self-confident idiot anyway you know how they say that that um, um, never mind they say that right there. they say those things anyway um, Do you know you <laughs> say anything at all there? You know they say those things that I don't know that they say. Yeah, they say them. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> the point is that the people that get to the top, the people that have that hunger for power, right, mm -hmm. and for public admiration, uh, they would. You know, it, it it comes together with that feelings of with those feelings of grandiosity. You wouldn't, you 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 wouldn't get all the way up there if you didn't think you were super great in most uh, oh, yeah cases, the the, you know? the, the self-belief that grows out of overconfidence and within a narcissist 
and you it just comes hand in hand to moral corruption with the uh, these people are often extremely intelligent mm -hmm. and one common trait of narcissists the intelligent narcissists is that they are capable of keeping a spotless front right they're capable of keeping a public face which is completely fake but completely spotless yeah it's a attention to detail up to the because they're perfectionists that ha that's how they got to the top right up to the point where somebody points a finger at you, like somebody pointed a finger at Clinton. There, right. there were many fingers. Many fingers, yes. So, it it's it doesn't surprise me at all that he's a great conversationalist and that he's really good at what he's doing and at the same time is completely morally corrupt. You know, if he is, which again... I don't not have enough information about any of this, okay? I only mm -hmm. have uh, something that I have heard somewhere when I was much, much younger and didn't pay enough attention to, okay? So, I don't have enough information about this, but... Uh, well, that, that's a great realization, because I think if more people were able to turn around and say... I don't have enough information about this, which is what I, I, I think I say that at least two or three times a week, each week when I'm discussing topics with people, I, I say that I don't have enough information to make a decision about this. I, I think that's it's really important to, to, to realize that. It, it doesn't mean that a decision can't be made, because it doesn't mean that other people can't make the decision. There is a there is a place on the internet, which I haven't explored, but I think I came across a it a few times. World yes, uh, which discusses uh, world politicians, which is like a psychological analysis of mm -hmm. of world's top politicians and <laughs> like psychoanalysis. More so mo most of them are narcissistic, and it just analyzes how they're narcissistic psychopaths, basically. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's the argument for that's the argument for anarchy. You know. So, um, you know, that's it. But that's the truth, right? <laughs> it's usually it's usually what it is. It's usually. Um, to a certain extent, yes. I mean, that that that's what it is when a person is not compassionate in their leadership. Yes. So, um, there's. And, and and that's that's the harder road because you you open yourself up to being very vulnerable in a very uh, cruel environment, which is uh, what I think exists out there in you terms. Know, everything is going to be looked at. I mean, that's that's where the that's where Trump had his PR problems when he was running for president, isn't it? Because he was being morally questioned and scrutinized. Everything that he ever said. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great point because the quality of the decision that you make might actually 
not in any way be affected by anything else that happens. And what what that, what I mean by that is that you can absolutely make the right decision despite having problems. So you know we we see it with all we see it with all the leaders. So you can take any of the last you know five presidents of the United States or you know prime ministers of Britain or whatever um, that they were able to make a lot of right decisions despite having a history of <laughs> making mistakes. So, um, you know, even going back to, you know, leaders during periods of war in history, I mean, it, it's the same thing there, whether it's Winston Churchill or George Washington. So, um, no one is excluded from the ability to make the right decision at any point in time. You know what comes to my mind when you're talking about this? The Slovak leader the, during the Second World War that collaborated with Nazis? Right, there was this Slovak president during the during the Second World War. Uh, he was put in a position, you know. He said, "Well, either you're going to collaborate with with us, mm-hmm. or uh, we're going to take over your country, split it in two halves, attach the bottom half to the Hungary and the top half to Poland, and uh, uh, we're going to kill a lot of your people, and we're going to take your Jews and yada 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 yada." Right? Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's basically like either you're going to give these Jews to us, uh, plus pay us money for it, or we're going to destroy everything, kill everybody, and take them anyway, right? Uh, and he had to make a decision about what's better for the country. <laughs> yeah, and there are still people today who support the Nazi principle, which is frightening. Yes, and he made a decision that, okay, well, we're going to collaborate with the Nazis, right? Which the socialists. Which, as crazy as it sounds, I cannot judge, right? I cannot judge that decision. I cannot judge whether he was a bad person or a good person. I cannot judge whether he wanted to uh, get rid of a lot of Jews uh, by making that decision or whether he wanted to save a lot of people or, you know, what was going through his head. It was obviously an extremely difficult decision. Yeah, he was, he and was everybody, sh- shitting yeah. bricks. Yeah. Everybody says, you know, everybody says, uh, it's a, like a dark chapter of the history. Everybody in Slovakia is like, oh my God, is, we're not, we, don't, we don't like this president very much because he collaborated with the Nazis. But he probably <laughs> made the best yeah. decision that he could have in his situation, right? He was probably not a Nazi himself, although you never know, right? He was probably not a Nazi himself. He was just trying to save as many people as he could and choose the lesser of the two evils. Although you don't know. You don't know. Yeah, but and, it just but comes in the other to sense, mind. you could... It just comes to mind as, as you know, knowing that, <laughs> that the leaders are often in difficult situations mm-hmm. where they where they can make decisions that are judged as really, really bad decisions, mm-hmm. right? But they might have been the only thing that they could have done in that situation. Yeah, well, well first thing is that it's very easy to say after the decision is made, yeah. you know, about, the, you know, in hindsight, what was the, the the value judgment, if it was good or bad. I mean, people now can say, oh, he should have, he should have, you know, you know, he just like, he sold out, he shouldn't have done that, he should have mm-hmm. uh, be honourable and protect the, the, the honour and whatever. And, but well, he should have been, that's true. Blah, 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 but 
But you don't know, maybe he saved lots of people's lives by making that decision, although I really doubt it, because lots of Slovak soldiers died fighting for Nazis, which is completely ridiculous. And even more Slovak soldiers died being the resistance. And you had Slovak soldiers fighting other Slovak soldiers, basically. Uh, yeah, well, it's... The the, the the acquiescence of the 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 government to the invading power is you know in in essence the failure of the system as as much as it is the failure of the individual mm. and uh, the the inability of people to realize that the first you know, the first role of government is to protect your border. Mm. That's the first role. Yeah. And if you fail to do that, then you, you essentially, you're not a government anymore. Well, uh, no, they weren't. <laughs> you, they became they became the Nazi Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah well exactly. You're, you're not a government they did, anymore. They didn't, they, didn't become, they didn't become Hungary and, uh, and Poland, but they became the Nazi Germany. So. But it's like a street fight, right? It's like you get ambushed by four people in the dark night in the street. What do you do? So do you stand up to them and fight them or do you run away? Well, I would probably <laughs> run away because there's four of them and there's one of me. And so that's you know, what he did. Not, the odds are not good. That's, that's basically what he, what he tried to do. You know, he probably just thought there is no bloody way we can fight this. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, well... The w the way that I would look at that is that he was not prepared. He was not prepared for that decision. He was not prepared for that situation. And uh, um, well, he should the have been. Th th there's <laughs> an arg. Yeah. There was enough time to get him prepared, right? Yeah, yeah. There was, there was like two decades to prepare for that. Mm -hmm. um, he he maybe, as you said, he maybe made the best decision that he could at that moment at that moment in time but here's another thing he could have done he could have he could have stepped down and said okay i'm just going to go and farm my land now um, but then you know what happens somebody else steps in and makes even worse decisions mm. so you can you, you can can't really do can you do that you can't really do that you can't really step down be before a difficult decision when you have been elected by people to be the president Chamberlain did it in Britain before the Second World War. Yeah. Yeah. He just he just said that's it. I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not dealing with this yeah, yet. Yeah. 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 That's what he did. That's exactly what he did. Yeah. It's not a bit of a disappointment. Um. Well, <laughs> that's 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 the way it was. That's the way it was viewed by a lot of people at the time. Like we elected you, we trusted you, we mm -hmm. wanted you to decide for us in these difficult times, and you just turn around and say, "I can't be bothered." <laughs> you know. Um. <laughs> And um, on the other hand, it's it's admirable it's admirable that he realized that he doesn't have that capability of dealing with it properly. Well, yeah, yeah, he could see that know. he could see that war was coming, and and he didn't know how to deal with war mm -hmm. at all. So he, um, so he let let down. Winston Churchill step in, and you know, Churchill did what needed to be done, which was interesting because Churchill's history was a history of complete failure. Like he lost almost every battle that he ever fought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the the odds of him, um, like, winning or 
or uh, you know coming out on top in the Second World War were like <laughs> it was low. It was like like ten to twenty percent. Right? Yeah, he probably thought that even a bad military leader is better than no military. Well, leader, that, yeah, that right? was the perspective at the time. Yeah, you, you need someone who's had it's combat and military experience, and that made the difference at the end of the day. So um, it's really really hard to make. It's it's even hard. Not only is it hard to make judgment, it's hard to make judgments about judgment because that's just another layer. Yeah, that's what I mean. On 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 top of the problem. Well, it might have also been that maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't have enough information about this historical topic, but I would think that you know today everything is connected through NATO and European Union and blah 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 blah. Um, back then, there was basically almost no connection, right? Obviously, you had allies that that would mm -hmm. ally themselves <laughs> of course. against the bad guys. Uh, but I would think that Slovakia or the Slovak president would have felt extremely alone in the situation. Well, where he had to decide for that, you know, he would well, look, uh, without 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 things in place, like without NATO, for example. Yeah, he would have probably thought, okay, I'm a little country, they're big country, I cannot fight them by well, myself. Well, it's a sheep surrounded by wolves, yeah, or bears or something, isn't it? Well, so they had the, the Nazis had everything everywhere on 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 on. Each border, right? I mean, they were like, they were in each country around Slovakia, <laughs> basically, <laughs> except for Russia. So, or Ukraine, or whoever was there back then. I don't know if it was, if Ukraine was part of, part of something bit bigger, Russia-wise or not, at that chapter in history. I don't know, but. Um, Obviously, mm -hmm. like Nazis have Poland, right? Which is which is like so much bigger than Slovakia. <laughs> um, yeah, well, wasn't the deal? Wasn't there a deal between Germany and Russia that they would advance from both sides and split the country down the middle, and take half and half, and then they kind of met in the middle and just went to war. <laughs> it was just, you know, the the agreement was just nonsense. I can't, I can't remember. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know about that. I think they agreed to split the country up, and then they 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 couldn't decide. I don't know about that. And you know, and so <laughs> so war <laughs> was was the result. I don't know about that. I know that. that I know that Czech Republic was supposed to be attached to Germany, and Slovak Republic was supposed to be uh, split down the middle and attached to Hungary and Poland. By saying split down the middle, you mean horizontally, horizontally rather yes. than vertically. No. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't much leverage that the uh, that Slovakia had at that point in time, being a small country. That's so what I mean. That they didn't, they, they couldn't really go back to NATO and say, "Oh, hey, we're getting invaded by these Nazis. Could you please send some American troops to protect us or whatever?" Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, but here, here's the other side of the argument. The other side of the argument is. Because you're a small country in that situation, that's why you need to be better at everything. You need to have 
higher moral standards. You need to be ready and, and, and willing and able to defend your country. You need to be prepared. Uh, what happened with Switzerland in that situation? What happened with Switzerland <laughs> in the Second World War? Well, Switzerland was officially a neutral country. Yes, I know, but how can you remain an official neutral country if, if Germany comes and wants to take you? Because all the international bankers need a place to store their money. So? That was Switzerland. So Germany would not invade Switzerland because they had their money there? Absolutely. Nobody would invade Switzerland because Switzerland was holding the bank. Ah. Okay, think about a game of Monopoly, right? Who invades? Who invades why, the bank? But why Nobody wouldn't? The bank. But why wouldn't the Germans invade Switzerland? Because the money was there. I don't understand the logic. Why couldn't they just say, "Okay, well, these banks are now ours"? What if they lost the war? What would happen to those banks? What they would say, we're not giving you any money. But well, that's what happened anyway. They lost the war. Uh, and no, they no, got no, no, huge no, fines, right? No, uh, actually, that's not what happened. That, that's, that's a fairy tale that's given to the public. But that's not what happened. Okay, so what happened was that the German high command were aware for about a year before the end of the war that they were going to lose the war. They were going to lose. Yes. So what they began to do was... Uh, transfer as much wealth as possible out of the country into Switzerland. And that was always their backup plan, right? Mm -hmm. Their backup plan was you always need to have a safe space, yeah? Mm -hmm. You always need to have a neutral territory. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so they, they transferred their wealth out and invested in large industries, such as coal and steel. And cars. And, and <laughs> international transportation, big factories, electronics. Mm -hmm. Um, like Siemens, for example, was was a big part of that. Uh, BMW was a big part of that, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, as a, you know the, the natural resources uh, industries, and um, they they kept sw Switzerland as a, a neutral country, so that first of all, their their bank their banks were there, so their wealth was there anyway. Okay. And it was a good deal for Switzerland because they were like relatively, it was relatively peaceful for them. Mm -hmm. And the Germans also had this, you know, the get out of jail free card, which is that if something goes wrong, we've got somewhere to go and nobody can take, if, if people, if Germany loses and people take over Germany, then our stuff is still in Switzerland, so we can go there. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't actually Switzerland that the real wealth was completely held in. Switzerland was just, it's close and we can use it. Mm -hmm. The real wealth was actually transferred to South America, mm -hmm. and um, so the German the Germans didn't lose their wealth because the money that was paid back was actually extracted from taxpayers to pay back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the wealth at that point in time was held within Switzerland, which was a so-called neutral bankers' territory, and that was an agreement that there would be a no man's land that nobody could invade because it was a safe space for all of the higher powers to meet, manipulate and, and organize whatever it is that, that they had. And if you look there's 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 enough like high level meetings that were organized. You How know, did Switzerland get into that position? How did they become the place for the banks? 
Uh, you know the Swedish. Okay, let, let me explain this in a kind of odd way. Um, you know the Swiss flag. You know cross. It? Yeah. Okay, it's the reverse of what? Of the red cross. Yeah, and the red, and th that's not by accident. Okay. Yeah. Right. Th th there's a very specific reason for that. And the very specific reason for that is that's the historical sign of the Templars. Uh-huh. And the Templars were, let's say, wealth controllers throughout throughout history. So, uh, and they ended up in three places. I mean, there's there's a whole you know you could you could you could spend like weeks discussing the topic, right? Because it's it's epically. Let's not. Huge. And sorry? let's not spend a week discussing. No, no, ex exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like they were the, they were the, they controlled the trade routes and you know built the the, the roads and collected the, the tolls and um, all all throughout Europe until, the, kings of France and. Their religious powers. Uh, basically arrested leaders and killed them all. Um, which was where we get the original Friday the Thirteenth from, because that was the date, and it was—I think it was twelve. Is that, is that where they got their money? It was twelve hundred and. Is—is uh, is that where? Sorry. Is that, is that where they got their money? Uh, who got the church? And uh, the church got its money from land grabs because it's the largest owner of territories within Europe, I believe. Um, oh, they did that with my old high school. There you go. Schools, hospitals. Yeah, they grabbed um, it. They said, well, excuse us, but this was originally our building. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 it's shoo, shoo. You students, shoo. This is now religious. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's a, a lot of the church is unfortunately land grab. So, um, as, as is uh, natural resource areas and national parks. Anyway, um, <coughs> so... So the, the Templars ended up in three places, essentially, if you exclude uh, Middle Eastern territories. Um, they ended up in Malta, Switzerland, and Scotland. Um, and if you go to the Plusgarden Abbey, which is about 15 miles from where we are, mm -hmm. then there's uh, symbolic references to the, the Templars setting up the, uh, the Abbey there and doing things. It goes back to uh, Robert de Bruce and his fights against the English, which is all about um, um, cats and dogs, Catholics and Protestants. Uh, and um, so the so Switzerland was the, the Templars' safe space. They, they, they picked a land or territory that was relatively Nice. Hard to <laughs> relatively nice, relatively hard to invade. Um, you know, the, the the mountainous regions are quite mountainous. Um, uh, they're not easy to protect, but you know, it, it's quite hard to take over that region or that area. And uh, they wanted somewhere that was central, uh, or or some groups of them wanted some area that was central, and. They set up a devolved constitutional form of of government there, which is in fact the oldest devolved constitutional form of government that's known in the world. It it predates it predates the United States and Scotland as the foundation of independent countries. 
Um, now, it's interesting if you go into the history and you look at uh, how Scotland became independent. That was basically through the um, through the support of the Templars, and that was the, basically one of the first um, uh, constitutional declarations that was uh, ever in history. That was the uh, so Declaration the Swiss, of Arbroath. So the Swiss had the f one of the first constitutions. Yes, right? it, it, I think it's the oldest in the world. Yeah. Swiss constitution is the oldest in the world, okay. Yeah. And if you're looking at the foundation of what we call constitutional democracy, mm -hmm. that's Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And that's w and what you're doing there is you're going back 800 years. Mm -hmm. So when people think like, in the United States was, was founded on principles laid down in Switzerland, mm -hmm. which were, you know, the Scots tried to copy that and had their problems and other countries tried to copy that and it, it's a great it's one of those great contradictions of history because it's it's the banking powerhouse right and it banks traditionally are <laughs> are quite anti ethical anti moral institutions in the sense mm -hmm. of the uh the, the interest that they charge on what they do and yet we're again we're again looking at the same people who set up a fairly balanced and organized system. You see, I never I never viewed banks as, as immoral because of them charging interest. Well I think it's just Well that was Jesus turning over the tables in the temple. I think it's just normal business mm -hmm. activity. Right? Oh uh, with with one exception. Yes. If you go back to my YouTube channel, one of the first ten presentations <coughs> that I did <coughs> on the principles of conflict, right? And interest is, in fact, the foundational principle of almost all conflict in the world, either social, personal, or global. Um, interest is the, is, is the foundational principle of conflict because it's the attempt to gain that which is not rightfully yours by force. That, that, that's what interest is. And I don't understand. Okay. Um, no, wait. Can I speak? Well, I can, give you, I can explain it to you in a more clear way, because that was very abstract. But I can give you a... Per I, give I you understand a what you're saying. Okay, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. What I don't understand is... If I offer a service of mm -hmm. translation to you, mm -hmm. I charge you money for it, right? Mm -hmm. And then I take your, well, I did not take your money, but you pay me money for the service, yeah. right? Yeah. If I'm a bank mm -hmm. and I give you money, I lend you money, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm providing a service mm -hmm. and you pay me back for that service in the uh, interest, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So what's the difference between <laughs> the two? Okay. The difference is that the interest doesn't exist. And I, I know that's kind of a weird concept to get your head around, but the interest doesn't exist. Okay, let's say okay, let's call the let's call the bank Are we talking okay, about the coverage by gold? Are we talking no, about no, the fact no, that the, the money's not actually real? No, 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 no. L let me let me explain this really clearly. Okay. okay. There's a bank and mm -hmm. let, let, let's have a currency, we'll call it X, okay? Mm -hmm. The three businesses. Each business wants to start their business, so they want to borrow money from the bank to invest and start mm -hmm. their business. Okay, mm -hmm. so each business, each of the three businesses, borrows 
10x. Mm-hmm. Right, so each business has 10x. Mm-hmm. Now the bank wants interest back on what they loaned out. So the bank, the bank want over time returned 11x. Mm-hmm. So the bank issues 10x, mm-hmm. 10x and 10x mm-hmm. into society. Mm-hmm. So it creates in total 30x. Mm-hmm. Right, no. The bank wishes to have returned to the bank over a period of time, mm-hmm. 11x. Mm-hmm. So 11, 11, 11 is 33x. Mm-hmm. The bank have issued 30x and expect in return 33x. Mm-hmm. The 3x mm-hmm. does not exist because the bank never issued it. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the only resulting situation in that is conflict because people are searching for something which does not exist. The three extra 3x does not exist. Mm-hmm. because, b- and, and that's how each bank functions. Now, what happens on a local level is that the businesses trade between each other. And some, some, you know, like, so let's say, there's 30 X's issued, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say this, this, let's say after a period of time, bank number one, or, or business number one has 15 X. Mm-hmm. And business number two is 15 X. Mm-hmm. What does business three have? A lot of X. Zero. Because there's only 30 X being issued by the bank. Oh. Right? So what you have, now this is, what, what this is called is, this, this is called creative destruction. I yeah. forgot they only issue 30, I thought they issue 30 for each business. No, they issue 10 each, right? Oh, to okay. each business. So, okay. so this is called creative destruction, right? This means that, w- or some people call this natural destruction, mm-hmm. which is the fact that, that the system is designed so that so the businesses fail. Mm-hmm. Some of the businesses. Yeah, some of the businesses fail. But eventually, if you look at the percentages, right, it's actually because of the way the interest is designed, Nine out of every ten businesses fail within the first twelve months, and you know this is like ninety-five in the first. You know, it's only ten percent survive one year, and it gets the the percentages get crazier over a longer period of time. And so, this what happens on a local scale is 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 the third business files for bankruptcy, says they don't have any money, and it goes to court and blah 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 lawyers blah 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 blah, and the court goes okay, we just exit out, forget about it because we can't do anything about it because it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You're searching for something that doesn't exist. Right, so that's what happens on a local level and everything goes back to zero at this point and everyone's happy, right? Everyone's happy because everybody gets something from the process. Now, you do that on a national level, right? So you've got international or World Bank and the World Bank issues to a country 10x, another country 10x, another country 10x. Same principle. You, you see where the, where the problem mm-hmm. lies? That, that so two countries become economically successful, but the third country is Venezuela, Venezuela mm-hmm. <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the banks are like, yes, but this is creative destruction. This is all part of the process. Yes, but you force everyone to... to starve. To, to <laughs> yeah, you force everyone to work in an economic system that is designed to essentially starve people and kill people. Yes. That yeah. somebody, some, and 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 that <coughs> happens mm-hmm. because of the interest charge, the expectation of the return of value that is never issued. Okay. And that's why Jesus was going around, you know, turning over the money changers' tables because he's like, you're just creating conflict mm-hmm. by asking for something that doesn't exist. And that's why 
that that's the one thing the 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 Muslims got right. I never I never realized that that the uh, that the money for the interest has never been issued. Yeah, it's. Um, I thought there's money in the system. Yeah, we're you know, and they lend out only a part of it, not all of it. No, um, well, what happens is the system is so complex, and there's so many banks that it gets covered by the fact that each bank is doing the same activity and there's so many transactions happening that you don't see the destruction on a, a, a local level. And on the local level, people are good to each other. Nobody wants anything bad to happen to each other and people go like, oh, we'll just forget about each other. Yeah. And it, it continues. But what happens on a national scale when you, when you function like this is, as you said, people starve because there's no, there's no food. And then government come in and they want to take over control of everything because everything's falling apart and government has no idea how to control anything because there's no way to judge real value because everything is sponsored. And like when you've got, when, when you've got sponsorship, you don't actually know the real value of anything because you don't know how much people are actually really prepared to pay for something or how much something really costs to produce because you're sponsoring the production of it. So, so it just gets even more messy. And uh, and you know that and if you look at uh, there's a wonderful presentation online by a guy called Mark Rivero who's uh, uh, he has a show called What Really Happened <coughs> and I think the I think it's actually on my I think it's on my YouTube channel I think I, I I put a version of it up there called All Wars Are Bankers Wars I ran out of coffee and he um, he probably ran out of coffee writing his article as well I'll get you some more. I'll go get you some. No, I just have to pour it. I'm not oh. sure my. There might be a little bit more in there. It looks like it's hard to tell at the bottom of the cafetiere if there's a. If that's the bottom of the cafetiere or the yeah, coffee. I'll finish it after we're finished. So, um. And he, what he does is he goes through the history of banks lending to countries mm -hmm. and looks at what happens when the, when the countries lose lose out economically mm. and the, the downward spiral that occurs and um, uh, and, and here's, here's the bottom line of what happens so you got those uh, say three countries and the, the first two countries are successful the third country is unsuccessful and they're like oh my god what are we going to do so it's build up the army where's the wealth oh it's over here Inv <laughs> invade the countries that have the wealth and try to take it physically from them and that's how they try to mask up the, the problems that have happened. Um, and if you look at the United States at this moment in time, you know, what is it doing? It's like, where's the wealth? Where are the resources? Ah, build up the military, go over there, screw things up, and, you know, and it's not just the United States. There's a whole, you know, organization within NATO that's not actually following good <laughs> the good the good rules of, of social behavior. Not that they don't... Not, not that all the... It, it's not that everything that they do is bad. It's that people don't get the uh, the way the basic principles of of, of market function. That's why I don't. That's that's what I don't get. How how so many good people <laughs> end up in U.S. in U.S. military? You know. Oh, you mean Christians? That's what you're talking about. Like like why do so many Christians 
go join the army. I mean, that's like yeah. the, predominantly one of the highest yes. numbers of yes, yes, within the basically, army. yes. Yeah. It's, like, it's ridiculous because they're not protecting the US. They're destabilizing. Their main job is to destabilize um, <coughs> and take over. At the moment, yes. I mean, the the well, there, there's a there's a number of of uh, epic reasons for that. One of the most surprising of which I think is that um, it's it's a way of getting rid of the good people. <laughs> it, 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 it's as crazy as it is. It's a way. So you take the you take the people that are interested in in promoting peace and mm -hmm. and in keeping stability, and you send them off to a far country and put them in a ridiculous situation where their life is threatened and they're going to end up with PTSD. I don't understand they how die. they sell it. I don't understand how they sell the idea because... Onward Christian soldiers marching off to war. How do they the sell the idea? Because Jesus. everybody has to... It is, it is just... It is... Look, if I can see that the US Army is not good news, right? If I can see it, and I'm completely ignorant in mm. social happening in history and and mm -hmm. stuff like that, right? I don't know. I don't know five percent of what I should know, right? If I the can tell, <laughs> if I can tell that U.S. Army is bad news, right? These people are good and they're intelligent. They're mostly intelligent people, mm -hmm. right? What, how can they sell this to them? How can they, how can they sell it to them that it's good news to, to to go to Afghanistan and and do things there when it's obvious. <laughs> I will. Um, I'll give you two ways that they sell it. Okay. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. First of all, it's uh, it's it's um, it requires cognitive dissonance for a start. Okay, it requires a mistake in logical thinking, um, distancing yourself from reality. But there's two ways. Mm. Number one is you make it cool, so all the films and all the media is all positive about people doing great things, and you know every third or fourth film is about a agent or a soldier or yeah. somebody who. So does you're creating things. you're creating a. <coughs> Perception. A positive role model, basically. Well, yeah, yeah, you're you're just selling the idea. It's marketing. You're selling the idea of being the hero, good yeah. guy. Yep. He'll save the day. Yep, absolutely. That's what you're doing. Um, you know, it's every third or fourth blockbuster is, you know, contains a a character of that nature. Yeah, we're just watching uh, a whole series of episodes of Flash, so you don't have to. Yeah, yeah okay. Explain that. Okay, the second thing is um the tenure principle. Which is which is after 10 years of service you can retire with a full pension. So that is good. So you only have to work for 10 years. That is good. And of course, the, the you know the downside is if you survive. <laughs> Obviously. Right. The downside is, is you know if you, if you don't get blown into tiny little pieces. Yeah. Uh, you know, or <laughs> you don't lose your 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 limbs or or even your mind. Um, so, and of course, there's very there are very few people who can go into a war zone and return to normal society and live normally. You know, after you've seen, you know, people get blown to pieces, it's mm -hmm. it's really difficult to. 
and live a peaceful life. So, um, so those are the two things. Number one is the the, the pre-programming, the propaganda in advance. Um, the uh, the universal soldier, the ultimate warrior, the uh, um, the, the GI Joe, the GI Jane, whatever, and uh, the action hero, and uh, the other side is that hey, you know, do this for ten years, and we will cover you financially for the next thirty or forty, and people see that as a relatively good investment mm -hmm. to make. I you understand know, that. I can understand that. Yeah, and even then, the, the benefits after 10 years are so huge that if you stay in, you, you, you know, yeah. for another year or two, it, it's just, it, 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 it's just epic. I can understand that, okay. I, I can. I mean, it's like, uh, okay, I'm going to give up these 10 years of my life, but then my family will be sorted. Well, yeah, you're, you're, you're bringing in, you're bringing in $10,000 a month and you, you don't can have to start, work. You can, you can... <laughs> You can have that done before you even start a family. I mean, you can start at 18, right? <laughs> you can freaking start at 18. You'd be retired by 28, and then you can start a family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah, and get a job or set up a business. And you've got two incomes, basically. And you're all sorted, right? Because you've got a state pension from the military, and you've got your day job. Well, here's the here's the other little things that people don't think about. If you get married mm. and you die, mm -hmm. your partner gets like a million dollars. Do they? Yeah. So you know, there's that. Who's not gonna like as a in a partner's position, mm. right? You'd be like, oh, I don't want my husband to go off to war. It's so terrible. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> in the back of your mind, well, if he dies, I get a million, so I'm safe anyway. So my resources are covered. When are you signing up? <laughs> I, I, I'm too, too old for that. They that don't shit. take old people. I do jog past the firing range occasionally. <laughs> Bump into that, does, that does not pay me a million dollars, though. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it just gives you cough cramps. You can't hear the bullets whizzing <laughs> through the air, so. Anyway. Um, <sighs> it does. It does. That's true. That's very true. Uh, Okay. So I'm really tired. <laughs> now, can I go back to sleep? <laughs> well, I guess you can. I guess there's nothing. I guess there's nothing stopping you going back, going back to sleep. This is like my one day when I get to sleep in in the morning. Well, the one day that I wake you up. Yeah. And stick a microphone in your face. Yeah. And I'm like, get up and I talk. Pour a coffee down my throat. Yeah. Um, do you know what you know what's odd, and it's not odd, that um, all of those things related to parenting that I wanted to talk about this week, like <laughs> football and the car. Is that, is that that little and my list? The whole list that you do, have. Do you know what, I, do you know the what we've the done on the list? Nothing. The list of things uh, that I didn't get to discuss this week. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can do that every day. The list of th the, the, the emails that don't get answered. Football. It says football. Strictly, Strictly come dancing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to talk about that because that's just really messed up, right? Can break down. Car. Oh, car break. The car broke down this week. Yes, it did. And so it did. 
And yes, 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 I did. Yes, I did. Or yes, I did. Birthday Bobki. <laughs> Babka's birthday, yes. Spoon. I thought it was Bobki. Because Babka had a birthday this week. This is not an A. That's an O. Look, I wrote it in the dark this morning. Okay, I got up <laughs> early and it was dark and I was writing it in the dark so I couldn't see anything. So I just hoped it was all in one line. Barn. It says birthday. Birthday, well damn, card barn. Yeah, it was a bit... Um, damn card talk about barn. about Will's birthday because it was another birthday this week. Yeah. And we didn't talk about that. You also wanted to talk about... Yadi yadi Blam Proto. Yeah, okay, <laughs> let's, 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 you know, just casting weird spells. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to read your writing. Is that the Blam Proto? Yes, that, that is, that's, that's what we're going to have for breakfast. <laughs> or It's a special Scottish. It's a special Scottish food. Oh, Blam brothel. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. It's Sounds a nice, like it. It's a chicken soup kind of thing, right? <laughs> With a bit more meat in it and a few potatoes. Bacon and sausages. <laughs> more bacon, anybody? And 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 pheasant kidneys or something. Pheasant kidneys. Do you know? I. D- I've anyway. Pheasants, pheasants, pheasants everywhere, and not a job to drink. Job to drink. (laughs) 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 Whatever. And um, yes, of course, planning and organisation. Didn't talk about that either. And the spooky man in the caravan. What? (laughs) The spooky man in the caravan. That's something from Scooby Doo. Almost. Almost. It's, it's something that happened yesterday that I didn't tell you about. I didn't tell you about the spooky man <laughs> in the caravan. That should be a name of, of, of a book or something. It should be like it's the it title rhymes. of a Led Zeppelin song. It rhymes as well. <laughs> um, well, we were we were down at the beach. Right, mm-hmm. we'll finish with this story. We were, we were down at the beach and um, so we did all the playing on the rocks and the waves. and Seeking house. Sorry? The sinking house. Well, we, yeah, we were we were playing on the sink. You know what's crazy? The I'll tell you something that's sinking. really, really crazy. Yeah. I'm scared to go in the house. Inside the house? Yeah. What's I'm, I'm petrified. What's that crazy? What? Why is that crazy? Because the house has been there for a hundred years. And it's it 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 has barely moved mm-hmm. in a hundred years. But you just but told me that it's sinking. It is sinking. It has moved a bit in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. But I'm not... Uh, t- here's the thing. I'm not sure if it's the house that's moved or the beach that's moved. It's probably the beach that's moved more than the house. Could have been, yeah. yeah. The rocks can pile up. And yeah. Because the, the sea's been pretty wild. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm scared shitless to go in the house because in my head, I've got this vision of the house sinking with me inside of it and me being trapped. I'm s- and it's crazy because that would be like that. That the logic would be the same as like me being scared to be in this house because this house might sink. Sink. Yes. It 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 it's stupid because the house has been there. Well, look, you've got this tiny little concrete box, mm-hmm. which is, I would say, three quarters filled with rocks. More, right. More than that. More than three quarters filled with rocks. The stones. It's got from about the beach. half a meter of space between the rocks and the ceiling. 
right? It's got, and the, it's it's got, it's got this right next to the sea. The, the seas, the, the waves are actually crashing into it when the tide is high. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 absolutely. So I don't see anything weird about being scared of climbing through a very narrow space into a half a meter between rocks and the ceiling with waves crashing into that building. I think that's a very rational fear. Well, I'm, I mean? I'm, yeah, but the, my fear is that I'm going to crawl inside and the house is going to sink while I'm inside. Well, okay, that and is I'm inside not going like, to I'm inside for like 30 seconds and the house has been there like for 60 years. Yeah, right? I understand that's not going to happen, but it's at the same time, building. yeah, at the same time, I would not want to get into the house either, okay? Yeah, and so the kids love to crawl inside it. Yeah. Because it's, and, and I'm... Freaking out. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like... Oh my god! Oh my god! What if the house? And I'm imagining in my head, the house sinking and the kids being trapped, and how I'm going to get them out. Mm-hmm. And, and well, it's which is not rational. <laughs> it's absolutely not rational because mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or or if it if it does happen, it'll happen extremely slowly over the space of like five years, and and mm-hmm. and, and that's it. So. Um, Although it does make an interesting thing to to play on at the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anyway, so we we were there, and I won't tell you all of what the kids were doing because it just freaked me out. Um, <laughs> playing on the edge of the sea, mm-hmm. and um, then we went to the little play park area—not the exercise area, but the the play park yes, area. Yes, I know which And Zora was riding her bike around mm-hmm. that area, and there was a little camper van, um, a la. Um, Scooby Doo, in fact, um, with with less color, mm-hmm. and in the camper van was a little dog, like one of those little Scotty dogs, mm-hmm. jumping around the front of the camper van, and you know, desperately wanting to be let out, and barking at Zora every time she cycled past it on her bike, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was like, well, who's? I was like, well. I wonder who this, this camper van belongs to because it was one of those that it looked like somebody might live in it or whatever mm-hmm. and travel around and all I could see all I could see was the dog and I was like oh okay well maybe someone's just parked here and you know, went for a walk along the beach and just left their dog in the camper van which mm-hmm. I thought that's kind of weird to leave your dog there you take your dog with you if you want to go for a walk and I didn't think anything of it until we were leaving and as we were driving out of the car park, I looked at the camper van and I saw that sitting inside the middle of the camper van was this old guy wearing old clothes and an old hat and looking like some kind of scary man in the woods or something like that. And I was just like, whoa, that is freaky. Because we were there playing for like half an hour, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was no movement inside the van at all. Didn't see anything, didn't see anyone. And it was a little van. And and then as we were leaving, it was like the guy was sitting there in the back. And I was like, whoa. Watching you. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was what went through my head, was that he must have been watching everything that we were doing. And I had no idea that he was there. <laughs> and you know what I'm like, I'm kind of sensitive to you know, people being around about in the environment and I'm usually aware of these things. And I was absolutely not aware that anyone was there at all. Hmm. And that was the scary man in the caravan. Mm-hmm. He was and probably napping. You probably woke him up because you got his dog yapping while he was napping. Well, he, 
like a doggy in a little van anyway. Well, what was he supposed to do? I if don't know. Maybe he shouldn't have a dog in the first place. I don't if know. If he lives in that van, right? If it is his van. But um, you know how like in Scooby-Doo they have these like these people who live in shacks somewhere. And, yeah, it, was, it looked exactly like one of those characters. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, that's way too scary. I was like, I was happy he didn't get out of the van when we were there. Because he'd shit a brick. I would have. I would have. Um, um, a whole block, actually. Whole block of bricks. Mm. You could have built a house. <laughs> <laughs> he shit so many bricks he was able to build his own house. Oh yeah. <laughs> Much madness. Um so that that's my uh that's my that's my little story. And um Hey on that poor show, it's time to go back to sleep. <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning in. You can now, mm-hmm. you can now tune out. Um, um, one other final note. Just, just. I said, I said, I said, I said to Will that that's how he could finish his presentation. What? That he was doing, and on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs> mm. do, do you know? Do you know how many programs now? It's just too many programs. I've heard recently that have st- that say. And across the line, yeah, <laughs> yes, it's like he's the the like Clarkson has created an entire culture based on that one phrase. Across the line. And across the line, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, who would have thought? Who would have thought that the the unpredictable nature of uh, of humanity? Um, this has not been in any way about parenting today and I think that it doesn't need to be about parenting so that's okay I think it just needs to be about what it's about and part of it is village life from my, from my perspective that it's good to talk about village <sighs> life or second world war or something like that yeah because there's a lot of similarities <laughs> not between those kinds of Tell you things. what, the Utuna boot page is great to check out the village life. <laughs> did you did you add me to it? Did I just know? I think I did. Did I just? I it remember adding you to it, but I you I have ignored it. I haven't seen ever anything posted from that page. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, but I don't want to get involved in people's pettiness. Well, I don't. The, of the, the, the local page, but I don't want to know about people's pettiness. Because it's like, ah, oh, for God's sake, people just... I don't care that people are putting the wrong stuff in the wrong bins. and Pooping I, in on each other's lawns and stuff. Yeah, I... I, I, uh, oh, I That's it's, it's, it's the price you pay for knowing about the coffee and ban- pancake mornings. Are the coffee and pancake mornings? Or did you just make that up? Oh, you've missed one yesterday. What? You've missed one yesterday. Oh, we missed the market and the coffee and pancakes. Yeah. The market just being a table. Yeah. One table. The one table market. The one table market yeah. with three products. Oh God, I have to. I have to uh, book the uh, the car boot sale table. You have to book a table for the car boot sale. Yeah, because it's not a car boot sale. It's a boot. It's a table sale. They call it a boot sale, but it's a table sale. Because people don't understand table sales, so they have to say boot sale. Yeah. 
Boot. Uh, oot. Called? You, you could call it the oot and a boot sale. Yeah. No, you're not impressed. I'm <laughs> 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 not impressed. I, I, could, I could see in your eyes that you thought it was really cool. Oh, I did. I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> this flash of inspiration. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> like, <gasps> check Is this out. I just came up with this. Genius idea, yeah. Eureka! Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Equals MC Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could, I could see that spark of genius in your eyes. Yeah. No, I just, uh, <laughs> the, the oot, oot in a boot sale. No, no. I'd no. have to be an oot and a table sale. No, 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 no. no. Bring it on table. <laughs> B Y O T. Biot. Biot. B Y O S. Bring your own shit. I thought you were gonna say stuff. Stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I was. Not. There we go. Um, I should um, maybe pay more attention to to those things. Um, yeah. Maybe. Maybe you should. There are lots of things that I should do. The floorboards are creaking, which means that people are oop and a boot. No, that wasn't very good Scottish accent, was it? That was, <laughs> that was like a Welshman underwater. That is terrible. Um, I think that you should just let me go back to sleep now. Okay, I'll let you go back to sleep. Is there anything I can get for you? Other than sleep? No, I don't think so. Thank you. You got, you got your pills there. Yes. Okay. And your, your cream and your mini chocolate fingers. What mini chocolate fingers? <laughs> you wish, right? Well, yes, I do wish, but there's no mini chocolate fingers. There's a tin that says mini fingers on it, and it's got pictures of dancing chocolate on it. Yes, but it's got a paintbrush, an anti... What is it? A deodorant, a uh, top trumps card box, and a piece of paper in it. <laughs> Odd collection of stuff. Oh, well, there you go. And uh, oh, two mega blocks. Mega blocks are not what they appear to be. <laughs> They're ice cream. They are actually ice cream. And that looks like vanilla and chocolate. Yeah, um, so, but chocolate is not usually black, so it could be licorice. It could it be could dark. Lemon. It could lemon, be really dark chocolate. It could be lemon and licorice. It could be mango. It's kind of mango color. Look, I would not eat a mango that was yellow and black. It could be mango and active coal. Oh, that would be good for your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. That would set you on fire. There you go. That would set you up for a grand day. There we go. Maybe it's like those those biscuits, those American biscuits. What do you call them? The black American. The Americans have these black biscuits. What? Black American biscuits. 
Oreos. Oreos. Oh, oh, they, they like they got the biscuit and then the layer of yes. nobody knows what it is and then the biscuit. Yes, in it. and they're like so dark; they're almost black. I always thought that's not natural. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> they're so dark, they're almost black. They <laughs> are. They and they're like, oh, it's <laughs> cocoa. It's not cocoa. It's like burnt cocoa or something. Seriously. <laughs> they're really, really black. <laughs> and my sister's like, oh, but they're so dark brown because that's the that's the cocoa color. And I was like, what kind of cocoa have you been drinking? I mean, cocoa is not that color. Cocoa powder is not that color. Is cocoa white? Cocoa powder is oh like no, co coconut is white. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, cocoa powder is like it's like brown, brown reddish type yes, color. It does, yeah, it it's is. It's like cinnamon is. almost, maybe as slightly darker. As far as I am aware, that's true. So yeah, if you if you roast the cocoa beans too much and you burn them, then maybe they're black. But I don't know. What but do some I people know? like their cocoa beans burnt <laughs> on the dark side? On the dark side. Yeah, like good old Darth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> good old, good old Darth. Mm. G O D. Anyway. <laughs> God. <laughs> there, 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 there. We have it. Um, yes. <sighs> good night. Right. Um, say, uh, say bye to the people. Bye, people. Bye, people. There'll be more irrelevance. Sooner than expected, I imagine. There we go. Good night, good luck, and you're you're stealing the cables. You're pulling everything away. You're pulling all the cables out. You take them. You're just <laughs> take them. Uh, that's it. Done. Go back to sleep. Sweet sleep. <laughs>